Hi and welcome back to the Transfer Marketing Podcast. My name is Prashant Malkani and the topic for today's episode is Sports Sponsorships in the Digital Age. Sporting events are followed by billions all across the globe and emotions tend to run high, especially when you truly support a team or a club. Hence, this becomes a great opportunity for brands to be present when the viewers have your undivided attention. Sponsorship in sporting events became more prominent once people outside of stadiums started consuming them through their television sets. And now in the digital age, things are very different, right from promoting associations through social media to tracking impact. Impact can now be measured throughout an entire game or season by time, clarity, visibility, size, SOV, and even prominence. All these metrics are important because as a brand marketer, your sponsorship placement could be on the lead arm, for example, and though initially the size and prominence might look worth it when seen in a picture or in an actual jersey, but in the real game and how your audience see it on their consuming screens may be very different. So to help me dwell further into this topic, I have a very special guest with us today. Massimo Di Zordo is the head of marketing for Chelsea Digital Ventures and Chelsea Football Club actually happens to be one that I have supported over the last few years. Prior to his role here, he has been very closely linked to football through his previous roles in the FNB space with Powerhouse and Lavasa. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Hi, Massimo, and welcome to the Transfer Marketing Podcast. It's a pleasure for me to have you here and looking forward to our conversation. Hi, Prashant. Pleasure for me as well. Thank you for inviting me. Great. So, uh, firstly, before we start, I really need to ask you this. Are you a Chelsea fan yourself or is there another club that you support? Uh, yeah, this is a very, you know, tricky question. Uh, yeah, so honestly, uh, my being Italian, uh, my right. first team is AC Milan. Right. And so, yeah, so I'm quite, but because I'm Italian, so I try political to say that is AC Milan because it's coming from my country. Great, great. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, so just to dive right in, you know, a lot of brands that have a decent amount of marketing budgets tend to look at sponsorships with sports teams. Uh, so it could be football clubs in Europe, or it could be cricket teams in India, or it could even be American football and baseball uh, in the US. Uh, the amount of money invested is substantial. So how do brands gauge their ROI on such costs? And what is the true value of sponsorship nowadays? Yeah, um, I think it's, uh, it's this is a great question. And uh, this gives me the opportunity to dive a little bit in depth about what a sponsorship is and how the sponsorship has changed over the course of the year. Yeah. Uh, just a note for everybody who is listening, um, everything I will say is based on my experience as a marketing person, uh, yeah. nothing pretty related with the football team uh, I represented. And uh, I, I work for so just personal opinions based on experience that I've done so far. Uh, in marketing and sponsorship overall. Uh, yeah, as, 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 as you mentioned, uh, companies are investing a lot of money. This is true. Uh, but uh, at the same time, uh, keep in mind that uh, uh, the level of investment which is required for uh, sponsorship now uh, is quite on top of something which is more affordable for everybody. 
mean to say that uh, thanks uh, uh, to uh, the growth of the social media, uh, now teams uh, are uh, able to sell rights to the uh, brands locally. So I mean to say you don't need to go, you know, on the main sponsor on the jersey or on the sleeve sponsor or on the back jersey sponsor to spend that amount of money. You can yeah. take, you know, your brand generally because of for, for, for Chelsea with many other, many other brands, we do have, you know, uh, a lot of uh, other teams. They do have a lot of audience in, in, in India or in China or in Middle East yeah. or in South America. And so you just have, you know, to deep dive, which is the best for you in terms of audience. And then you can do regional activations, which are quite less costly, uh, costly less costly versus big one. Uh, but uh, at the same time, uh, they are powerful and they're interesting for a brand. Plus, it's not only a matter of money. Imagine you are, you know, a brand which is only in, in, in India. Why would you, you know, sponsor a team which is known everywhere? So it just is waste, wasting on money. So uh, yeah. over the last years, this opportunity, you know, to be very, very localized has helped uh, teams to sell more rights and brands uh, to get into this sponsorship in a very uh, easier and less expensive way. So this yeah. has been the first point, which is very important to, to, to understand. Uh, and uh, when you then uh, when you then say uh, which is the value of sponsorship in sports yeah. team, uh, I think there are many many different ways to answer this question. Uh, mm. no, absolutely, number one is of course visibility. You yeah. know you have a, a lot of of fun that are you know very uh, the brand is very exposed to. Uh, because uh, football fans are very engaged with the teams, uh, especially now with social media, they are you know always on and keep uh, watching what they are doing, uh, training uh, matches, pre-matches, post-matches, interviews. So you know, all these things get you know the, uh, the, 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 the 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 fan very engaged with the team. So this is a great uh, opportunity for for visibility. On the other side, uh, it's also a way. You know, in somehow to uh, to create a reason to believe. So, for example, if you if you are a uh, a, a sponsor, but yeah. you are not the official official supplier of something to a sports team, of mm. course, this gives you a lot of credibility because yeah. you know if you provide uh, you know uh, anything to to football players or to big clubs, uh, it means that uh, your brand is trusted and and you have a reason to believe for customer to buy to buy the brand. True. And uh, uh, third, which is also very important for me, is uh, uh, sharing the same value and being part uh, of a community. Yeah. So for me now, brands are not selling products. Brands now have to create communities of people that want to belong to this community, people that want to share these values, people that want to know, feel, you know, uh, something more than just uh, buying a product. Yeah, yeah, and whilst you were just speaking, I realized something uh, that brands that sponsor some clubs or teams will definitely want to promote their association. But where do these brands need to draw the line in how aggressively they should promote this? Because I'm sure that brands don't want to restrict their client base to only the fans of the club or team they sponsor, especially when global brands are involved like Standard Chartered for Liverpool or Jeep for Juventus or Emirates for Arsenal and Real Madrid. Yeah, this is a, this is a very good question. And uh, this is the question I've asked myself uh, when as a uh, head of marketing for a brand, I was sponsoring some football teams, yeah. uh, which is the first 
question or you ask yourself is so okay I, i'm gonna sponsor this team and of course uh, this will uh, create a kind of a negative effect impact versus fund that don't support this team so this might be uh, a, a something to take into consideration however so first yeah. of all let me say you have to think about uh, an investment in football or sports in general in a in a kind of long way yeah. so you know over the time uh, you know the period of the over the period of the time uh, once you see like you know emirates uh, being part of a, of the arsenal team uh, one time two times three times one year two years three years um, you just have emirates in your mind you know right. over the course of the years uh, the association between the brand and the the, the team got diluted Uh, and this is where you create, uh, you know, your uh, your uh, awareness around the brand. Right. And for example, Emirates, which as a company has a lot of money, they did, you know, basically sponsoring uh, many different teams in many yeah. different countries. Yeah. yeah. So they get diluted over the course of this. So this is one thing to consider. So long-term things uh, will, of course, uh, allow you know this effect of uh, of tribal, let me call it this way, uh, to be smooth uh, in the in, in in the years. Um, the second, uh, think about this kind of uh, controversial um, uh, behaviors might be just. Uh, for very hardcore fans, if this makes sense, you know what I mean? Uh, so very hardcore fan, you know, for Liverpool, will they will never buy something from Everton or vice versa, no, or hardcore fan from AC Milan might not be uh, buy something for, 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 for Inter Milan. But, you know, it's very, 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 for me, uh, down to the very hardcore fan of that. And yeah. this, again, a big brand that goes, you know, Massively to a sponsorship, uh, they do have uh, many other, you know, you know, people to to engage with, uh, to be visible at. Uh, so they shouldn't care uh, about, you know, this small niche of people that might be very, very reluctant to True. buy or to engage with a brand just because it's part of a, another another brand. And uh, third, maybe you know, again, if you are a brewery in Liverpool sponsoring a, an Everton team, you might feel you know some some you know some some rejection. Yeah, by, yeah, by true. Mm. But as you mentioned, you're a bank. Globally, uh, this will give you more benefit versus something negative that you might have. So this yeah. is something that hasn't to scare uh, nobody. I've seen I've seen people reacting. I see brands reacting in this way uh, differently. Some of them, for example, big big, big brands that can afford it, uh, they do maybe sponsor many different teams. Yeah. Um, you know, to make sure that they balance it. But yes, again, I'm not saying there is zero of this problem. There is some, but yeah. uh, much more smaller versus you know the benefit that you have with a, a sponsorship. Interesting. You know, and so just shifting from this a little and moving a little towards some of the past work that you've done. Uh, so you worked with a few FNB brands uh, with a very close association to football. So what's normally the social media strategy that you follow? I mean, do these brands, you know, have their own identity or do they borrow the identity from the club that they're associated with normally? Yes, I think this is another uh, good question which I am very happy to answer because it's got, it got this goes a little bit more into the strategy yeah. of uh, you know activating uh, a, a sponsorship. Yeah. So uh, to answer this question, let's put uh, in mind. Let's take in mind. Let's have in mind uh, that uh, there are two different things. One 
is the media that you earned, you know, through the teams and one yeah. is your uh, own media. So when it comes to, you know, you do a sponsorship with the team, uh, you, 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 you earn, you know, their media and you work with their media. Um, and uh, at the same time, you create your own strategy for your brand. When it yeah. comes to working on their media, you have to keep in mind uh, that uh, uh, fun go to the social media of a football team to listen about football, to listen about their team, to listen, you know, about their athletes, you know, their, their star. So this is what they are interested to. So in uh, earning media, you don't have to stretch that much your product. But uh, for me, what is fundamental, make the product live in the everyday uh, life of the players. Yeah. Because again, if I, if I open the AC Milan app today, I want to see a story about uh, the match we've done yesterday. I want to see you know, a story about the match they're going to do in the three days. Uh, I don't care about you know, any of the sponsors, basically. Yeah. But of course, see, being my team or being my... If I watch you know, and I see some products, some brand, uh, in a way or another, I will have this in my mind. Yeah. And so uh, what is important in this, uh, in this, in this, uh, in this thing is important that you have to keep your brand identity, of course, but uh, you need to make this work in the environment of the team. So on top of this, uh, when you look for uh, the right team to sponsor, you don't also have to look for visibility to analytics, uh, to demographics, uh, but you also have to be sure that you share the same value with this team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, mean to say that uh, you have to be sure that there is a good connection within uh, your communication strategy, your positioning, and uh, the other team position, the team, the, the the team positioning and communication strategy. This is very important. Yeah. Then you go to the other level, and the other level is your own media. So then mm. you use uh, your own media, you know, to uh, activate uh, the partnership, to activate uh, the brand uh, which you are sponsoring. And this, of course, uh, it is even more important because uh, on the other side, you need to leverage on uh, the team, but you have to keep your identity as uh, a brand. You have to integrate uh, your communication with the players, with the team, within everything you do, you know, with uh, the, uh, your overall uh, communication strategy. Let me give yeah. you a very simple example, which might not, don't, don't take it wrong, because yeah. it's not a constraint. But for example, if your brand, it is all based on red, and mm. your communication strategy always have red, you know, as a background color, only somehow is red. Yeah. You know? And you then sponsor a team which is blue. Yeah. I'm not saying you don't have to do it, but uh, I am saying uh, you have to take into consideration. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, this goes into the. I would never choose a team just because of the color, of course. Yeah. But if you do this, if you have this, you know, mismatch, you have to somehow find a way, you know, to integrate in your communication. Otherwise, it just it can also be, you know, that you communicate red. And then when it comes to the brand, you go blue and you disrupt it. Yeah. But you don't have to leave the seams that is done by chance. You know what I mean? It has to be studied. It has to be strategic. Yeah, yeah. And this is for me, and this is for me very, 
very, very important when it comes to, you know, the, the communication strategy uh, from the from, from activated the from activating the brand. Yeah, yeah. Great. So just one last question before we end this episode for today. Since you have worked with products that need to target customers in two very different regions, uh, like in your case, you know, like Middle East and Europe, for example, how does one segment the market? And what's the key points of differentiation to help and support in better communication to resonate with the TG across these markets? Well, yes, this is a um, very good question. Let's try to make it very, very simple. Um, of course, uh, you need to have in mind uh, that uh, when you communicate uh, in two different countries, especially such a different countries, like, for example, Middle East and Europe, yeah. or uh, you know, Middle East and China, or, you know, uh, you have to keep in mind that uh, uh, you are dealing with uh, completely different culture, completely different True. meaning yeah. of things. Yeah. Uh, so you have to you have to uh, adapt your communication strategy to what this specific thing means in the country where you work, uh, where you are advertising, and when you are selling your brand. Yeah. So you have to keep uh, your strategic framework, but then uh, of course adapted in a way that uh, this is uh, uh, according the culture of the population. So you need to know the culture first. You need to understand what does a, a thing means for uh, uh, the country where you are advertising or the, the territory where you are advertising. And according to this, you have to adjust your communication, not strategy, but you know, the tone of voice or uh, some images uh, or uh, uh, some activations that you've, you have to know very, very, very well the culture where you're doing. You have to know not, not only the culture in terms of you know big you know of of uh, uh, high level things, but also detailed. What does mean uh, you know disinfection, for example? What does disinfection mean in the UK versus what does disinfection mean in China versus what does disinfection mean in in in, in India and yeah. within India in certain area? Because for example, disinfection in the UK, you know, forget COVID, but Maybe it's just, you know, better cleaning, uh, flu, uh, whilst uh, disinfection in certain area of India means saving life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we are talking about two completely different, and you, you get to know this. True. Because if you don't know this, you know, you will never have the right communication strategy that you, that you, that you, that you need to have. So it's, yeah, yeah again, it's very important. It's very tricky. Uh, and uh, it's also a very good way to get to know your customer very well, because one, you, you know them, it's not only the communication, but it's the overall approach, you know, to the marketing and to the brand that you, you gave to your brand in a specific country or area. Yeah, true, true. Great. So uh, thanks a lot, uh, Massimo, for coming on board and sharing. I think some great insight. Yes, thanks for you for uh, for inviting me one more time. And uh, Prashant, yes, just uh, for everybody who is going to listen to this uh, podcast, thank you for listening to us. Uh, and uh, feel free to reach me out uh, via LinkedIn or whatever. I will be happy you know, to answer any further question that you might have uh, or in the future if you have something else to discuss, more than willing to do this. Great. So for the rest of us, hope this episode was useful for you. And as Massimo mentioned, if you would like to know more about this topic, you can reach out to him. 
And in case if you have any doubts, feedback, or just want to spark a conversation, you can catch me on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Twitter. This is me signing out for this episode, and looking forward to seeing you on the next one. Subscribe to the podcast for regular updates. And one last thing, don't forget to stay curious. Thank you.